Welcome. This is the Woodbury Church of Christ Sermon Podcast. We're glad that you tuned in, and if you'd like to know more about our church, you can find out all the information at woodburychurch.org. Or we'll see you some Sunday, Sundays at 10 a.m. Looking forward to it. That was a uh, Dover classic. I think we sang that one every Sunday, so that one just gets me going in the morning. Uh, As we get started this morning, let's pray. Uh, God, we just thank you so much for today. Uh, We just thank you so much for the freedom and ability to come to church today and be with community in Christ. Uh, Father, I ask you that we strive towards building relationships, even with those who don't agree with us. Father, please help us to be able to push through awkwardness. Thank you so much for your son who came and died for all of our sins. And in your name that we pray, amen. So my name is Presley Williams, and I am the youth minister here. I am not the normal preacher. Um, Our preacher is actually in Ireland in his homeland, which is really awesome. I mean, you can tell by the red hair that he is, that's his homeland. But he is deserving a much needed and much deserved break. Uh, Patrick works really hard every week. Uh, He does so many things for this church So try not to bother him too much while he was in Ireland. But if you're going to text him, text him today and tell him that I did a great job. Okay. Because that would mean a lot to him. I know that it would. He's watching live right now. Wow. Hi, Patrick. We miss you. Yes. So um, Patrick did a great job last week of getting us started on this new sermon series, Red Flags. Um, And if you weren't here last week or you're still just kind of like, what's a red flag? Like, what's going on? What are we talking about? Um, This is a little definition that I looked up. Red flags are warning signs that indicate unhealthy behavior. You know, some examples of this could be when people only talk about themselves. Avoiding difficult conversations, gossiping about family or friends or those they're close to, or maybe even just withholding affection. You know, my red flags are that I'm too cute. My hair is too long and luscious. You know, I care too much. I'm too kind. That was an example of a red flag. All right. If you ever hear somebody talking about themselves like that, it's probably a red flag, right? But, you know, Patrick picks out the sermon series, and he lays them out for weeks and weeks. And he knew he was going to be gone, and so he wanted to give me the church's next red flag to talk about this morning. And I think it goes without saying that he gave me awkwardness. (laughs) I don't know why he gave me awkwardness, but today we're going to be talking about a red flag that I think is very present in the church today. And it's awkwardness. And we're going to be talking about awkwardness, where it comes from, and even how we as a church can deal with it. You know, when I think of things that are awkward, here's some things that I think of. Uh, One of the things I think of is when people get your name wrong. My name is not Preston. And if you think my name is Preston, you're going to call me Preston today or some other time. Just avoid that. Don't call me Preston because I will personally make it awkward. Okay? 
Patrick likes to call me Preston. I don't like it very much. But it's awkward when somebody gets your name wrong and then you have to correct them. That creates an awkward interaction. How about when you say you too at the wrong time? That's awkward. You know, when you're sitting at a restaurant and you're sitting down and the waitress brings you your food and they say, enjoy your food, and you say, you too. (laughs) They're not eating. That's awkward. Or maybe if you're going to the gym and the person working the desk says, enjoy your workout, and you say, you too. It's awkward. They're not working out, right? You know, one thing that's really awkward now is, you know, we've been getting a lot of guests. We've been really loaded on Sunday morning. So we've asked you all to move forward and change seats and maybe sit by somebody that you're not used to sitting at too or by. You know, that's awkward. You don't expect to come and sit by somebody you don't know. You don't expect to come and have to move the seat that you've been sitting in for the last 10 years. That can be awkward, but I promise that it is worth it. You know, I asked the youth group this morning, too. I was like, you know, what are examples of some awkward situations that you've been a part of? And uh, one that I really liked was uh, Caleb's. Caleb said that it's when, you, when somebody tells a joke out loud and nobody laughs. You know, it's really unexpected. You don't expect anybody to say that, and it's just like a really awkward situation. You know, I remember the first time I preached at this church, Magnolia Street Church of Christ, and I was really nervous. And, you know, I, when I get nervous, I actually use humor to make me less nervous. So I went up there. I was playing in my sermon. I put all this time in it. And I had this joke that I was so ready to tell. I had prepared it all week. I went up on stage. I started it off. I said, hello, my name's Presley, da 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 I told the joke. Dead silent. No reaction. It made things really awkward, and I really sped through that sermon. But as Patrick talked about last week, we need relationships. We need community. But the fact is, when people come together, awkwardness happens, especially at first. When there's a bunch of different people together in relationships, whatever it is, awkwardness happens. You know, interacting with people who may think differently than you can be awkward. Interacting with people from different backgrounds can be awkward. Interacting with somebody who even looks differently than you, dresses differently, has a different style, can be awkward. But this whole sermon, this whole topic, this whole thing had me thinking, why are things awkward? What creates awkwardness? And I believe that things are awkward when they do not fit our mold for what is normal. When things don't go the way we expect, right? You don't expect people to call you the wrong name. And because of that, it's awkward. You don't expect to have to sit next to someone that you do not know. And because of that, it creates awkwardness. You do not expect to say you too at the wrong time. And it creates awkwardness. You don't expect to tell a joke and nobody laugh. And when that happens, that creates awkwardness. But sadly, as a church, I believe that we have created a mold for what is normal And it is not biblical, and it is not from God. 
On Sundays, we've created this mold and this normal that we're supposed to dress nice, look good, keep all of our sins private, and have everybody look at you and say, man, he had a good week. That is somebody who follows Christ because he looks clean on Sundays. We created that mold. It's not found in Scripture. As a church, we've created a mold that we will only associate with those who think similarly to us. You drive down the street, you say hundreds of different denominations. If you're more progressive, you can go here. If you're more conservative, you can go here. If you believe this, you can go here. If you believe that, you can go there. And when we have to interact with people who think differently than us, on a different scale, it is awkward. It creates awkwardness. We've created a mold that people who love Jesus look a certain way present themselves in a certain way, walk around in a certain way. And when people don't do that and say they love Jesus, it's awkward. We don't know how to interact with that person. We need to push through the awkwardness by challenging ourselves to build relationships with people who are different than us. Or maybe even open up to others about our struggles, being transparent with people. We need to break through awkwardness as a church in America. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say that we need to get it together before we pursue community in Christ. That's something that we've made up. But instead, we need to pursue community in Christ. Because we all don't have it together. I don't have it together. We all don't have it together. That's why we need community in Christ, because we all want to be on the same goal, pointed to Christ, working together for that. And I believe that if that is our goal, we can defeat awkwardness. Why do I care so much? Why am I so passionate about this? Uh, This is my dad and me. I tried to pick out the uh, youngest picture that I could pick. Uh, That was at a Reds game. It was my first MLB game. Uh, I remember that day very well. Um, We went and it was actually like the, uh, they were honoring the time they won a World Series, you know, forever ago. And uh, they had this, the best fireworks show I've ever seen in my life. And then a surprise performance, MC Hammer came out and performed a uh, concert and I just remember, you know, him being up to, you got to pray just to make it today. It was awesome. <laughs> it was really, really awesome. Great experience. But the reason I put this picture up is because for me, things were awkward. You know, just like it is for a lot of kids. But it was awkward for me because when I went to ball games, when I went to events, when I went to the grocery store, when I went anywhere, I grew up in a really small town. Everybody knew everybody. People would come up to me and they'd say, I wish you could have seen your dad when he was your age. I wish you could have seen your dad before he was a Christian. I wish you could have seen your dad before he changed his life. Your dad was bad news. Your dad did this, this, that, and the other. Your dad was bad, real bad. You wouldn't believe that your dad is even your dad. That's awkward. But it's awkward because of this. Because when I think of my dad, I think of an awesome man. I think of an awesome father, an awesome husband to my mom, 
an awesome minister. I love my dad, and I can't wait to see him on Thursday. But I watched people not acknowledge my dad as a changed man. They refused to believe that anyone who did the things that he did could ever be changed, could ever be a good minister, could ever be a good man. They refused to go to our church. They spoke negatively about him. They avoided him. And they even told his young son about the things that he did before my dad even had the chance to do it. It's awkward. My dad did not fit their mold for what a minister should be. They believed that he should be someone who never strayed away from church, never struggled with sin, graduated high school, went straight to Harding. That's what they believed. That was the mold that they created for my father. And they refused to acknowledge him as a changed man. And I believe because of this, they missed out on a relationship with an amazing man, an amazing minister, and they allowed awkwardness to create a mold my dad did not fit. That's why this means so much to me. Let's look at Acts chapter 9, 10 through 17. Let Brother Hansen read. You know, in this passage we see, we're introduced to this man named Ananias. Ananias is an awesome guy. Awesome guy. All right. He's very well known in the city of Jerusalem. He's known as a guy who follows the law. Great minister. Great person for this new age of Christianity that's coming in. He's a great, great minister. And because of this one day, the Lord comes to him and they say, there's this guy named Saul. He's waiting for you. I need you to go take care of him. I need you to go and help him get his sight back, uh, care for him, minister to him. He needs you. And Ananias, understandably so, goes, what? Are you for real? This is the guy you want? This guy murdered Christians. This guy persecuted. His job was literally to persecute the very faith that you're calling him to be a part of. This is awkward for me. This is my job. I love Jesus. And you're wanting me to go to this man who persecuted Christians. Are you crazy? Are you sure about this? God says, I'm sure. This is the man that I want. I have great plans for him, regardless of his past. And he's going to have to suffer for my sake. So what does Ananias do? Does Ananias allow that? Could, could you imagine how awkward this would be for Ananias? Coming to have this interaction with this man named Saul. This is awkward. I can't even imagine having to do this. It's awkward. But he goes to Ananias, and what does he do? He lays his hands on him. He doesn't do the bare minimum. He lays his hands on him and greets him as Brother Saul. Brother Saul. That's why my favorite verse in this whole thing is verse 17. He lays his hands on him and calls him Brother Saul. Ananias pushes through the awkwardness and greets Saul as brother. 
And because of that, we end up getting Paul, who becomes a great minister. God was right. Spoiler. We get this awesome minister, somebody who wrote half the New Testament. It's awesome, awesome story. Ananias decided to view Saul as God viewed him. God had a plan for Saul even after his past. He did not fit our mold for what it means to be a Christian or a minister, but God saw something in him that we cannot. God isn't worried about awkwardness. God doesn't struggle with awkwardness. God does not struggle with our mold that we have created. We need to trust God's mold and not our own. And that's how we can defeat awkwardness in the church. Because do you think as a church today, as a church in America, that we could have done what Ananias did here? Do you think if we decided to hire a new minister, you think we would have hired Paul? Think we would have hired Saul, even if the Holy Spirit was calling us to do so? Do you think we would invite him to our small group? Do you think you would sit by him at church? Do you think we would allow awkwardness and the unexpected to warp our way of thinking and not welcome him as a brother? Sadly, I believe oftentimes it's the latter. In 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul says this at the very end in his final greeting. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Why does Paul say this? Why does Paul add this in his final greetings? It's because within relationships, things are awkward. We don't, we're not always at peace with each other or we wouldn't have to say it, right? We don't always agree with each other or we wouldn't have to say something about it. Relationships are hard. Relationships are awkward. But as a church, we need to push through the awkwardness with an aim of restoration for the church today. If we allow the God of love and peace to be with us and treat others as Jesus did, we can push through the awkwardness and treat people the way that they deserve to be treated. We can destroy this mold of normalness that we have created that's wrong. You know, the really cool thing is I get to see this all the time in youth group. Um, we have teens from around 10 different schools who are a part of our youth group. And if we talk about Super Nanza, you know, it could be like 20, right? We have ages ranging from 7th grade all the way to 12th grade. We have teens who have never been to church a day in their life and teens who grew up in the church. We have new Christians, older Christians, and people who don't know much about Christianity at all. We even have teens from other countries who are a part of our youth group. And obviously, 
getting a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers all together in one room can be pretty awkward, right? Yet the teens who push through that initial awkwardness, who show up and commit, break through the awkwardness, and build a good Christian community with each other. And I get to see this every year through Wednesday nights, events, camp, Supernanza. Camp is a big one that I think of because kids all show up and they're like, you know, camp looks awesome, uh, you know, when you're talking about it. And then you start driving up there and you're like, where am I, right? And then all these kids are like wild eye and they're like, oh my goodness, what is happening? What is happening? But then by the end of the week, everybody stand up, arms around each other. The something song, Denny's song is playing and everybody's bawling. I'm sorry, flaming fine people, I'm very sorry. I'm still new, okay? But they're all crying by the end of it. They've pushed through the awkwardness and at the end they have built awesome relationships and they love it. You know, another story that I can think of is, I remember last year, uh, we went and watched Juan play a soccer game, and it was a smaller group, but it was like me, Gabby Thompson, and Blake Schumacher in a car together, and I remember Gabby, like, talking to me, and she was like, what are the odds that us three would be in a car together? (laughs) That is the beautiful thing about youth group. That's what I love about youth group. A bunch of teens who would never hang out or associate with each other in school or without church come together on a journey to pursue Christ. A bunch of people who are really different, different stages of their growth in Christ. People who may disagree with each other. People who have different humors, interested in different things. They all come together and they love each other. And they're pursuing Christ together. That's why I love my job. So if teens can do it, if teens can push through the awkwardness, so can you. If these teens can do it, I promise, so can you. Because in the fall, we start small groups, we will have Wednesday nights, and we will have youth group, we'll have young adult, we'll have all these different areas that you can come and be involved and pursue community in Christ. So what is stopping you from getting connected? Are you scared of awkwardness? Are you scared to challenge yourself with new and different people? Are there people here that you don't agree with so you avoid them? Are you uncomfortable with those who have a past, who don't have it all together, and who struggle with sin? Do you create awkwardness and turn other people away from the church? Awkwardness is from Satan. And it has no place in our church. And it has no place in any church. Anywhere that there is Christ Jesus, there is no room for awkwardness. Don't trust your normal. Don't trust your heart. Don't trust the mold that we have created. Trust the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit to give us a heart of restoration for the Christian faith. 
Trust the perfect mold of church that Jesus created when he died on the cross for all of our sins. The mold for church is perfect. Church is perfect. We allow awkwardness to destroy it. Let's strive together to defeat awkwardness, aim for restoration for the church, and love all people the way that they deserve to be loved.